but the game was different, right? The the, the rules was different. The ball oh, was the Euro, different. The like, Euro, the Euro style is different in America. The Euro style was a lot different in America. <laughs> That's the Especially, first time y'all seen that Euro step too, huh? Absolutely. Um, I'd like to welcome uh, Coach Lewis Wilson. Um, he is the head coach of uh, Texas Tyler uh, University down in Texas. Um, prior to that, he's been coaching uh, in Division One. He's been a head coach at Division Two before. Um, coach, it's great to have you this evening on the show. It's good to be with you, my guy. It's good to be with you. Great, great, great. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Good to be with 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 uh, the the uh, <laughs> expert in, in hip hop hip hopology. <laughs> Uh man, you know, I, I try, man. I try, I'm trying to teach you, man. I'm trying to bring you along for the ride, man. Yeah, man, you you're my you're my hip-hop guru. <laughs> okay. I, I I all things hip-hop, you my guy. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, right, coach. So can you give us a a, a, a brief um history of your coaching background? Oh, brief, man. I um yeah, I'm in uh, my 29th college coaching season at the NC2A level. Uh, started at Southern Utah University in 1992. Was there for six years. Went to Idaho State for uh, eight years. Went to Cal State Northridge as an associate head coach for four. Was a head coach at uh, Adams State University for five years. Uh, was at Utah State as an assistant coach for three. Grand Canyon for a year. And I'm in my second year at the University of Texas at Tyler as a head men's basketball coach, taking the program from Division Three to Division Two in the Lone Star Conference. Hey, I like it. I like it, man. Well traveled, well versed, um, and been all through the coaching rank. So um, hopefully, yeah, you know, hopefully uh, we'll get some stuff. For, you know, this is predominantly for players, but definitely a man of your wisdom. Hopefully, we get some stuff for some gems for some coaches, young coaches out there. Um, Right, so the first question is um, a vague estimate. It doesn't have to be a com like a, a complete total number. Um, how many international players have you recruited um, and um, have played for you on your program? Well, I've, uh, man, I would say probably 10 to 15. Uh, I've had 10 to 15 at least. Adam State, we had a lot of... Uh, we count South America as international. Or do we have to go over the waters to to the other we can, side? We can of the world? count. We can count South South America. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I actually have two young men on my team this year. One is uh, from Slovakia, uh, Milan Zabo, okay, six uh, ten center, uh, who's a transfer from Cochise Junior College in Arizona. Uh, really skilled player, really intelligent basketball player, good athlete. Uh, excellent student 4.0 student he came here as a junior college academic all-american wow uh and then the other kid we have right now is roche group farm who's a transfer from utah state uh and he's from suriname uh oh, okay and when he told me suriname i told him he was making up countries i said <laughs> you you got syria and vietnam somehow mixed up but <laughs> there is there is a suriname down in by guyana and uh in South America, and, uh, and that's where he's from—a small country down there. But I, I've been blessed, man, to coach ten, probably at least, probably, I'd say close to fifteen to twenty international players from various countries. Uh, of course, when I was at Grand Canyon, we had a few guys from uh, Australia. I uh, love Australians. Coached an Australian kid. 
uh, at Adam State as well. He was a really good center for us. Uh, coached three or four Brazilian kids at uh, okay. uh, Adam State University. So I've, I've, I've been blessed, man, to coach several kids from outside of America. Nice. We won't even talk about the Canadian kids. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, I don't know. You can count them in, you know, depending on. Um, yeah, that's like a fifty-first state, man. You can't. Yeah, that. yeah, that's 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 the real north. Um, okay, uh, why would you, you know, over the years, um, and and even now as a head coach, you're looking for, for, for you're always looking for new talent, new recruits. Uh, why would you recruit an international player over a domestic one? And what's the biggest difference that you found in between the two? Well, you know, first off, and you know this in coaching, the most important thing is character and talent. And they, to me, are the same thing. Because if you have talent and you lack character, you're not talented enough. And if you have a lot of character and you're not very talented, maybe you can be, you know, something else, but you're probably not going to play at the collegiate level. So those things go hand in hand. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter where you're from if you have those two things in, in a, at a level where you could help us win. That being said, one of the great things about international players, non, uh, you know, non American domestic players, is in America we got 50 states and the recruiting is competitive. And you know, I grew up in Alaska, and Alaska is really recruited, and Maine is really recruited, and and Rhode Island's really recruited. So there are very few secrets, you know. And mm. the beauty of the international market, the world, uh, is that you know. Uh, uh, you, you're not as uh, uh, it's not as much competition you can spread out you can find more niches in recruiting in different areas uh, and, and you know that the other thing is you know young people that have been you know when they're three four five thousand miles away from home the maturity level when they make the choice to be with you uh, they tend to be way more mature uh, you know than, than some of the domestic kids if they have problems they're not, you know, they can't yeah. pick up the phone and run home to mom is easy. So they got to work those things out. I think there's a toughness that comes with that. Uh, again, having grown up in Alaska in a very remote place, uh, when I went off to college, I can relate to that because it's like, hey, yeah, it's tough and everybody gets homesick. But the reality is I can't go home. So I got to tough it out. I got to stick it out. And I find that to be true in a lot of international kids. Mm. Uh, the other thing I love about it is when you've seen the world, uh, your not just your maturity, but you know, there's a a worldliness. There's a there's an intelligence, you know, that comes with mm. that. You know, so an 18 year old kid uh, from a different country uh, who has competed at you know different levels in other countries, uh, there there's just a maturity and an intelligence level and a emotional intelligence level that I think is a little advanced than from say a local high school kid. So there's a I think there's a there's a lot of advantages, uh, starting with the fact that the recruiting market is not as uh, flooded. Uh, you have many, many countries. There's not just 50 states, uh, you know, and people are, if you're good, you know, you could be in uh, Bangladesh. If you're good, you know, recruiting services will find you. Mm. Uh, and but, but at the same time, if you open up your horizons and your program, uh, you know, you, you give yourself a chance to, I mean, there's so much good basketball being played all across the globe, uh, everywhere. There's good mm -hmm. players everywhere. And so, uh, I, I, I like that. And I love just the, the experience that I have in terms of the character of international kids. 
I love that. I, yeah, it definitely. I, I think that, um, yeah, the, the, the fact that it's less competition and from the kids that I've spoken to, the majority or the ones that I've worked with, sorry, you know, a lot of them are mature because they are leaving home. They've yeah, had, they have they no have choice. To figure, yeah, they've got they to figure no stuff choice. out. Um, sink, sink or swim kind of thing. So um, definitely. Um, and they, the- you know, the other thing I was going to tell you, not to cut you off, it's like, uh, you know, American kids, we're, we're, and I'm an American kid, so I, I feel like I can say this. <laughs> you, you can, know you can uh, like, represent. Uh-huh. We, we've had so much, you know, there, there's so many things that we tend to take for granted. You know, we grew up in the AAU culture and people telling us how great we are and it's like, you know, I'm going to, everybody's going to Duke in North Carolina and not realizing those schools are limited to 13 scholarships. Um, and, you know, and so I think there's a tendency to take things for granted because things that you have so easy in terms of the access to them, uh, you, I think you could take that for granted, you know, whereas, uh, like I was at Adam State, a very remote area, Alamosa, Colorado, four hours from any airport. I talked to a kid, you know, from Czech Republic and, you know, to him, it's like, we're in Colorado, it's the mountains, it's snow, it's similar home to him. He's not sitting there tripping off of the fact that you're four hours from the Denver airport when he's going to be 18 hours from home. It's like, you know, to him, what difference does it make, right? So it's like, uh, I appreciate that. And as coaches, we always talk about, we want toughness. You, you know, you want these things and then it's like toughness and some of those things that you want, you can't teach it. You have to recruit it. And experience builds that, right? That character is developed through the experiences they have. So I, I, I you know, there, there are things that make it tough because you don't, you know, it's, it's harder to learn about kids because you can't do as much extensive recruiting. We got to rely on good friends like you uh, and build that trust, man. And I trust you. And that's, that's a key to recruiting internationally. Is, is having relationships with guys like you. Uh, but that that's a chance. That's, that's a little bit of a risk because you don't get to put eyes on, on those players as much. Mm. Uh, but I think everything else is a complete positive. Now, talking about the recruitment and, you know, not having eyes and all the rest of it, can you explain the recruiting process? So from start to finish, like how would you, how normally would you find out about a kid? And then when you, you know, when you're intrigued, I guess, you know, what then, what's the next, st- well, what are the next steps? Well, you know, the process, you know, and everybody's process is different, right? But yeah. I think the first thing in the process is it is that you have to evaluate your needs and make a needs assessment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the, because, you know, and it, this is the thing, it's like, yeah, I want that. Yeah, I want that. Yeah, I want that. But the bottom line is, what do you need? What's important? So the first thing you do is you make it, it's an assessment, assess your needs, right? Uh, the, the second thing you do is you evaluate the talent within your needs and the people that you have a chance to get at. And so you rely on on friends, you rely on video, you rely on, you know, uh, the evaluations you made live in games. Uh, you know, obviously if it's an international kid, it's you're relying on the film that you've gotten, the contacts that you've made. So after you've assessed your needs, you evaluate what talent in, is in the talent pool that you might have an opportunity to get at. Uh, so so assessment, evaluation, uh, and then to me, it's after the evaluation process, you're going out, you're seeing kids, you're talking to kids on the phone. It becomes an education. I really see it that way. I see recruiting as educating. 
Uh, it's not about selling anything. It's about me educating. You're looking for school. I'm looking for a player, okay. right? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. my job is not to sell you. My job is to educate you. Okay. This is what we have to offer. This is what I believe uh, separates us uh, and, and makes it uniquely uh, uh, a uniquely uh, a good opportunity for a specific kid. Uh, and I believe that education process in that process, because I think in recruiting, you got to build a good enough relationship with a kid where it's tough in the end for them to tell you no, but you got to give them something to say yes to. Mm. And I think that's all part of that, that, that educational uh, uh, and relationship development process. After you've assessed your needs, evaluated the talent pool, educate the recruit, then I would say developing the relationships with the, with the uh, prospective student athlete and the people that are close to them, their coaches uh, at various levels, both uh, scholastic coaches and their club teams, uh, the girlfriends, boyfriends, grandmas, whoever. You develop relationships with anybody that's close. Uh, not only because you want to recruit them, but because you need to know about them and yeah, you need to yeah. learn about, about that kid. So assess needs, evaluate talent, educate the, the recruit on what what's what is a value in your program develop a relationship with the recruit and, that, and the person and i think the bottom line you should be in sales uh we used to always say you have to ask for the order you know uh you gotta let them know that you want them to be in the program and so if you look at it in that way it's a process assessment evaluation development of relationship uh uh you know education development of relationship and then you got to call it to action, you know, and that's about visiting them, bringing them to campus, uh, going to visit them in their home and their environment uh, to go see the people that you've developed relationship with and ultimately putting an offer on the table uh, for them so that they they know exactly where you stand and that they can make a, you know, a good decision. Good informed. Coach, that was beautiful. I don't think I've um, heard that process articulated like that before. Um, and I think that's great, especially the educational side, um, because you do hear a lot of coaches and, and, and I guess programs are selling their programs, selling. But, you know, like, as you said, and I like, as I said, I like that terminology, you're educating. It's like, hey, I'm not selling you anything. I'm letting you know what we can do, what we can do for you. Right. And, and after that, you know, hopefully our, um, our goals align. And then right. you know, it's, a, it's a mutual beneficiary. Exactly. The mutual the, the, the mutual uh, uh, benefit is really the key to the deal because you want that kid, that kid is making a decision at that point in their life, they're making the most monumental decision of their life, mm. where they're going to spend their time and their education. If I'm selling you something, I can convince you to do that, but you may have buyer's remorse. <laughs> if I educate you on what we have to offer and you're making a decision based on facts and mm. they align, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like a kid says with their parents in conjunction with their parents and their coaches and the people that are important to them. These are the things I'm looking for. Well, if the University of Texas at Tyler or wherever I've been, if those things are, don't align, it, it doesn't benefit me for you to be unhappy, for you to have that buyer's remorse. I want you to come in saying this. I made this decision is a fact-based decision. It's not about you beat down the competition. It does me no good to rip the people that are recruiting you because the truth is a good education is a good education. And yeah, you can get yeah. that at a lot of places. And most coaches at the college level, 
almost all that I know, they're they're the elite coaches. So there's not going to be bad coaching. You're not going to separate that way. And Nike uniforms, Adidas uniforms are going to be free. The gear is going to be nice. You're going to eat well. <laughs> Every visit anybody's ever had is usually pretty good. It's like taking a girl to the prom. If she don't look good on prom night, it's better run, right? So, so I mean, all that stuff is the same. Bottom line is, is it a place that's going to make you a better person? Mm-hmm. Is it a place that is going to help to develop you as a student? And mm-hmm. is it a place that's going to help to maximize you as an athlete? And so you put on the table exactly what it is. You are transparent. What's, what is it that you have that makes you a separator and that makes it you know, mutually beneficial for that athlete to be in your program? Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, controversial question now. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Oh, let's um, do it. You don't have to... You don't have to give a name. I'm not going to press you for a name, but has there ever been a situation where you've uh, wanted a player, you've educated him, and then you're like, actually, I don't really want this kid. Like, you, it, it doesn't align for you, but you know he's talented. Has there been any situation? Yeah, 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 yeah. That happens quite a bit because, uh, you know, and it's not so much that you don't want that kid. It's also about recruiting process is also about like there if I need a one, I'm not recruiting one, 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 one point guard. Yeah. So there may be five or six. And you're out there over your skis a little bit. Maybe it's the fifth kid on your depth chart who says, Yeah, coach, I'm ready to go. And you're sitting there going, oh, oh, wait a minute. I saw him play at Pumps in LA, man. And he was good. You know, he was a good player. I was, I liked him, you yeah. know, but I, you know, maybe came on too strong. My back game was too strong. The first call, I'm like, hey, man, love the way you play. Da da da. You go hard. I would love to coach you, be in your life, all these things. And he said, coach, are you serious? I said, yeah, you play well. Da da da. You know, you did this. I could talk to him about his game. He said, well, coach, oh, no, I'm going to talk to my mom because if she's with it, I'm going to commit to you guys. I was like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh. I was like, man, I had to go back and reference my notes. I was like, man, I hope this kid is as good as I said. Because (laughs) the very first phone call, he's ready to commit. It was a done deal. (laughs) He said, man, I'll call you right back. That kid actually signed with us, played with us for four years. was a good player. (laughs) <laughs> but it was like, yeah, he committed in the first phone conversation. I was oh, like, wow. wow. <laughs> I just saw you two weeks ago in July. I'm just making an introductory call in August. And he got geeked when committed. I was like, man, uh, I know we're trying to get these three other kids. but <laughs> <laughs> That is hilarious. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, back to the recruiting process. 
Um, how valuable is highlight tape? How much um, influence does a highlight tape have on you signing a player or you being interested in a player? Um, yeah, just, just yeah, to be your thoughts on that. You know, uh, COVID's been really bad, right, for the world. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know how bad things happen, but some good things can come out of a bad thing. Yeah, like you and I are talking, right? We're utilizing a platform that people really didn't know much about a year ago. Yeah, not at all. Would have loved to have bought some stock in it. I wish I'd had the foresight to have done that. We'd be, we'd be, man, man we'd be sailing in a yacht somewhere without mm -hmm. the France. But uh, uh, one of the one of the things that has come about, Coach, uh, through COVID, is because recruiting has the the way we have been forced to recruit. Mm -hmm. uh, not being able to go on the road as much, those type of different things. Uh, highlight films have become exceptionally valuable. Okay. There were maybe two years ago, people go, I hate highlight films. You know, they don't tell you anything. Now we're devouring highlight films <laughs> because that's, that's, we've been limited in how yeah, we can recruit. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I think highlight films that are, that are well done, I think they're very, very important. They always have been because I think every, every piece to a puzzle that completes a puzzle helps you mm. you know it may not be the central piece but it's a piece to a puzzle that completes a story so i like highlight films because one of the things i enjoy about a highlight film is it's the best you have to offer okay yeah, so yeah, if yeah. i'm watching the highlight film because again recruiting and evaluation when i make the assessment of what i need remember step one is assessing my needs step two is evaluating what the pool is that I can go into to, to get played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the process of elimination is much more valuable to me than the process of addition. Okay. So I would like to say, you know, you say no more than you say, yes, I'm going to recruit that kid. So if you send me a highlight film and I'm seeing the best you have to offer and that don't whet my appetite, I can move through it. Okay. You understand? Yeah. So I think that's really important. I think it's a piece to a story, uh, but it also depends on how people put construct their highlight film. I think it's really important to me and everybody's different. I want to see a full game on that film. Okay. Because yeah. I want to, I want to get a sense of how you, you play in a game structure, not just what you did in moments. I want to see how you handle diversity. I want to feel how you handle success. I want to see how you're interacting with people. I want to see what type of team you played on, uh, what impact you had on your team, what moments the coach is going to you, uh, how they perceive you. I really want to watch a game field to see what your feel for your game is. And so I think the best is when you can combine and you put a highlight thing together for six to 10 minutes max, right? And then you have game footage on there. Okay. So you wet my appetite, right? It's like the film is a steak and that highlight is the sizzle. Okay. Right? That's going to bring me in. But I still, that steak's got to be good, man. It's got to be so good. So I, I need to see some film. I need to see what's up. Okay, okay. I feel you. Um, what's the best way for, a, uh, for an international player um, to get a college coach's attention? Um, how would they get themselves recruited? You know, okay, we've just said the highlight tape. How else? You know, I've, I've, I'm a, I'm a stud. I'm playing in um, Albania, 
And, you know, I think I've got what it takes. I think my highlight tape is great. How do I get your attention? I, I think, uh, and you know this as a coach, our fraternity is pretty tight. And we, 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 you know, I got three guys on staff, a, a lady on staff and two, three guys. Uh, those people are going to have the most profound impact on my recruiting process. But guys like you mean a lot to me. And so if you call me on the phone and say, hey, man, I got somebody for you. You have to take a look. I'm going to look. I ha I'm going to look. My staff cannot be limited to the three or four people, or you you have no chance to recruit internationally, mm. right? So having, I think the number one way to be seen is to be heard, is to have someone on your behalf make a phone call, a contact to say, hey, I'm gonna send you this film because we get so much video, so much mm. film, you get overwhelmed. But if you get on the phone and say, I am, you put your name on something, I'm much more likely to at least take a close look because you are somebody that I have a relationship with. Mm. That way, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I think yeah. that's central. So just sending film without that testimonial, without that direct, you know, someone to represent you to the staff, I think it's hit or miss for an international kid. You might, they might watch you. They might not watch you. Uh, you probably are not going to get as looked at as closely as somebody who that staff has a relationship with who calls, you know, you may be from Albania and they call from Tasmania and say, I got a kid and it can be the same position. And now that reference is going to put that person ahead. So I think reference is the most important thing complemented with a highlight film. And those, those things, I always say, follow the money, right? They say, follow the money in everything. And this was my advice to kids. Follow the money. You want to know how serious the school is about recruiting. Based on the investment of their time, how long, how much money does it cost a coach to watch your film? None, nothing really. How much money does it cost a coach to be on the phone with you? A little more than watching the film. How much money does it cost a coach to come watch one of your games? A lot more money than that phone call. How much money does it cost that coach to bring you to his campus? More money than it does to go to do that. And then ultimately, the scholarship is more money than all of it. So if you just follow that process, it's like, don't say you're being recruited just because somebody watched your film. That costs <laughs> that coach no money. And if you follow the money, you'll know exactly where you're at. If that coach is talking to you on the phone, there's a little more interest in just watching the film. If that coach is coming to your game, then he's investing a little more money and time because time is the most valuable commodity any of us have, right? And then if he's coming to visit your home, particularly overseas, he's investing some 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 money in you. He's serious, okay? And if he's bringing you to his campus, you better believe he's even more serious. And then the bottom line is, is he putting a piece of paper in front of you with a pen and saying, sign it. So I, that's my advice to, to kids anywhere, but especially an international kid, that way you're trying to get a sense of how serious people are uh, uh, for you. So, uh, you know, for me, it's like, you're, you're, I make those decisions based on people like you talking to me, uh, knowing what events are going on, you know, uh, overseas, the international events, 
that that go on in different markets, you know, in Europe, obviously, uh, you know, and other places overseas. And so, you know, working camps, obviously a lot of coaches are in the camps, particularly in the continent of Africa, you go over there and do some basketball things, you know, and coaches act like they're going over there because they're, you know, about building basketball and really them back. Hoping, hoping they run into a seven foot one Akeem Olajuwon <laughs> over there, right? Uh, but, you know, so that's what it's about. But the international market has exploded. The top team in the country, you know, Gonzaga, mm. the base of that program, you know, uh, is built on, on you know, Australian market, international kids. Uh, and and you, you look across anymore, it, it's, it's like everybody has somebody, you know, from a different place other than the United States. You know, it's pretty commonplace. Uh, and so uh, uh, it's, it's just, and I think it's philosophical, you know, what, what how coaches go about stuff. For me, I always say, hey, man, they tell me Hades is pretty hot, but if they tell me Hades has got a player, I'm going to put on a suit and go down there and hang out with old Lucifer <laughs> and see if I can get me a guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, that's funny. Um, what should a freshman expect coming into a program? Um, from playing time to, uh, I guess, maybe hazing or, you know, what should a, you know, a first year, I'm, you know, first year coming out of England, what, you know, what are you, what am I supposed to expect? Um, well, first off, you, if there's hazing, you're part of the family as far as I'm concerned. So your brothers have to protect you from that. Now, the hazing you may get is you might be carrying a bag into the airport for a senior uh, they may make you uh, do, you know, sing at the talent show. Uh, you know, uh, you know, our freshman this year at the talent show, uh, he everybody got to pick their own talent, but he had to do uh, uh, a Lizzie routine. Hey. You know? So, you know, I, I thought he did the best job, quite frankly, because I'm a Lizzie fan, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, you know, so I was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> You know, that was like, that, was, that right there was fire. That was good. Okay, so you might get some of that. So I don't think you should expect anything. You know, there's quite a crackdown on hazing. Uh -huh. uh, other than fun, people having fun, nothing dangerous. I think what you have to expect, to be honest with you, is you have to expect that the adjustment's going to be tough, no matter where you go. Uh, anytime you're leaving your home country and your family and the things that you are used to, there's going to be an adjustment period. And so I think you need to expect that. I think if you've uh, legitimately allowed your recruiting process to be an education experience as opposed to a, a selling experience, mm -hmm. I think you should expect the truth to be told to you and that what you what they said was going to be done is going to be done and what they said it was going to be about was going to be about. Uh, I think you should expect to be with coaches uh, that have your best interests and uh, that it's going to be tough. Uh, because college is different than high school. And the difference is not that the court is much bigger, the rims don't get higher, the rules don't change that much, but players are bigger, faster, and stronger. So you're going to have to adjust to bigger, faster, and stronger. Uh, now you got where you're in high school, you might have only had two coaches, you probably have six coaches, including strength and conditioning. And everything you do is micro-analyzed. Uh, so what you might have got away with in a gym, you know, yeah. at prep school or somewhere, you're not getting away with that. And the intensity picks up quite a bit. The competition is extreme because everybody on a college team was a superstar somewhere or they wouldn't have gotten recruited. They yes. were the best of where they were at. 
Whereas in high school, you're playing with maybe a couple of decent players on your team that are collegiate level, if you're a good high school team. Well, on a college team, generally, if it, it, everybody's a college player and everybody had success where they were and everybody has an ex expectation. There's going to be a high level of competition. People are going to be battling and competing for playing time. I think you should expect that uh, just because people are your friends uh, doesn't mean that they're not going to try to decimate you on the court. Um, it ain't show friends, it's show business. Hey, you know, okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right? Uh, so it's like, so I think you got to expect that. I, th I think you should expect to have a good time. You made that decision uh, to go. I think you should expect. I think most kids have a good time, a good experience. Uh, but I think it's going to be an adjustment. I think there's going to be some fun play. I think it's going to be highly competitive and highly spirited. I think the coaching is going to be exponentially more tough than wherever you came from because there's going to be more of those coaches and a higher expectation and standard. I think things like strength training and conditioning are going to be the hardest you've ever experienced in your life. And I, the last thing I'd say, whether you're domestic or international, I think you should expect that your, your, your rear end's not going to get kissed all the time because there's a high probability that you're not going to be the best player if you're just coming in. Mm. And so those days are probably over. The other thing is the recruiting process is totally different than the actual playing process. Uh, you know, everybody telling you how much they love you and how much they need you and how much they want you and how important. It's not that they're lying to you. It's the truth. But once you're there, we got to move from all of that to yeah, getting we, you better. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. and so it's it's a difference, and and you need to understand things are going to change. It's not always going to be about whining and dining you and feeding you and taking you to the restaurants you want to go to and being on a you know a, a great recruiting trip and and coach always every time I talk to Coach Wilson he's so nice to me and then all of a sudden he's chewing my butt out about playing defense. And it's like yeah, that's what's going to happen. You're going to get coached, hopefully. In the education process, the coaches are transparent. They tell you, these are the things you can expect to happen. This is how I'm going to deal with you. Uh, that's what I try to do. I, mm -hmm. I love to be able to look at my guys. I tell, look at them now when things are tough. I look at them, I said, did I tell you this was going to be the hardest thing you ever, ever go through? They go, yeah, you did. I said, well, then you should have believed me. <laughs> Coach, so, I love it. Uh, you know what? And this is why this season um, on the Eurostep and why I'm having coaches on because what, especially what you just said, there was a number of coach, uh, sorry, a number of players that were on last season. And they said, you know, coaches were completely different as soon as I got on campus. You know, a coach came in and they said all these nice things and bells and whistles and pixie dust. And then as soon as I got on campus, they were completely different. And you like having coaches like yourself come on and say, hey, like, this is a, uh, a part of maturation It's hey, we want you because of your talents, but now we're trying to get those talents somewhere right. else. Um, Absolutely. We're training you, we're coaching you. There's a difference, right? It shouldn't be, it should not be where you feel misled. Mm -hmm. You understand? That's why yeah. in any relationship, you know this, think of the people that mean the most to you. They're the people who are the most honest with you. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? We don't, we don't, uh, uh, we don't trust all the people we love, but we love all the people we trust. Yes. 
and and that's real and so that's built on honesty and you know even if the coach is being really charismatic and always joking and talking to you about what music you like and your mm. clothes and your sneakers and all those conversations and all of a sudden all he talks to me about is getting my butt to class on time and da -da -da. it's like yeah because he's now your parent yeah he's, he's, he's got yeah there's still that in him and hopefully he or her will do a good job of balancing uh the personality but the truth is they should tell you exactly what you should expect but there's a development process we got to get to work i can't yeah. just go around telling you how great you are and how badly we want you we wanted you so bad that we invested a scholarship in you and you're here now it's time for you to work and for mm -hmm. us to help you to get better or you're not going to be here for very long Coach, I love it. I love it. Um, what's your views on junior college versus prep schools versus academies? And where is it preferential to re recruit a player from? Or is there a, a, a preference in which, which establishment these guys go? I think a lot of that just depends on the university you represent. Some schools are not conducive to transfers because of their academic requirements. And, and, and for graduation purposes, some schools just have different academic standards and it's not conducive for, the, for that. Most of my career has been, you know, uh, recruiting transfers, junior college kids, prep school kids. Um, I was, I'm a junior college graduate myself. Um, so I understand that, you know, we're not always the full and complete package. People go to junior college either because they're flawed as a player, flawed as a student, flawed as a person or maybe a little bit of all of it right mm. uh we're broken in some places and need some development and some coaches do better coaching transfers than others some coaches systems are not conducive to players only being there two years okay uh so i think it's different for everybody my particular preference is that i, I put it this way i would rather have a good player for four years and a good player for two but you ever, you ever see those stickers on the back of people's cars on their bumpers? My son is a 3.5 student at Manigold yeah. High School. And then you see a beat up van come by. My son beat up your 3.0 student at Manigold High School. <laughs> That's the way I see junior college and high school kids. It's like, okay, yeah, I got the McDonald's All-American. Well, my dudes like to eat at McDonald's and we're gonna kick your butt. So to me, I think it's like whatever your situation lends, if you don't, if you're from a program without a lot of resources, money is important and you don't have a lot of resources, junior college recruiting is very valuable because when you go to a JUCO game, you probably are going to see five to 10 prospects between the two teams. Mm. Okay. Not all of them are good enough. Some of them are too good for you, but there are five mm. to 10 for your prospects on that floor. Right. Mm. Whereas a high school game, I'm coming to see you play in England. That's a lot of money to yeah. watch probably one guy on the court. Yeah. And if you're not good enough, it's not like I can sit there and go, well, there's going to be five or six other dudes. <laughs> so you have to have that kind of money. You got to have that Duke money, right? Yeah. You have those resources to be able to do that. That's why schools at a lower resource level will recruit JUCO kids. It's also cheaper to recruit junior college kids because Juco kids have been away from home for two years. They almost, mom and dad at that point go, I don't really care where you go. Make sure you're happy. Make sure they take care of you and make sure they give you a full ride because yeah. I ain't got no money. So it's like, you don't have to recruit 25 people. You got to recruit him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. 
So that's very, that's really important. So it's like, what do you prefer? I prefer what my needs. That's why when I make an assessment of my needs at the beginning of the process, you think about all that. It's like, we need a young foreman. We've got two foremen who are stacked in their classes. I got to get a young kid in here who I could potentially redshirt. Well, then you can, then that you open it up. I really like prep school kids a lot because prep school kind of gives you the best of both worlds, right? Mm -hmm. They are away from home, right? Mm -hmm. They are uh, 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 playing at a higher level of competition than high school. Yes. They haven't used any years of eligibility. Mm -hmm. Yep. So prep school, if you can get a good prep school player, you're really in good shape. Okay, that's the kind of like a so I, I would say that's probably the best if all things are equal. All day. But it really comes down to I got to assess my needs. And the number one thing, hey, man, money makes the world go round, my guy. It's like, it depends on, you know, I was at Adam State. We were balling on a budget for real. <laughs> and uh, so it's like, you know, I got, I got to go to places where there's going to be a lot of prospects. You know, I got one day of recruiting. I can afford to go out three times a whole year. So when I go out, I got to see a lot of guys. I can't, you know, somebody say, hey, I got this kid in Illinois. You need to come watch him. I'm like, I ain't got no money to go watch one kid in Illinois. You yeah. got to call me and say, hey, there's going to be 100 kids. Okay. You know? okay. And so money drives those decisions. Mm, I love it. I love it. Um, uh, how hard is it for an international uh, student athlete to integrate into a program? What's the best way for an international student to um, be kind of like welcomed in? Like, what do you do? Well, not specifically to you, but you can talk about what you do. Um, like, what should a kid, an international kid do to kind of feel a part of the, the furniture? I, I think that's a great question, by the way, because I think acclimating is challenging. Uh, yeah. It's challenging to be from Texas and go to school in Florida. You know what I mean? Going from state to state. Um, so going from a country to a place, you know, I, I, I used to work at Southern Utah University and that's back when I had my hair, man. This is back in the early 90s. I would fly back then. You know, I had, I had the S curl going on in my hey. hair. <laughs> hey, man, but I used to tell my boss, man, all the time. He says, why is it so challenging here? I said, coach, because when you live in a culture where you can't go in the store and get the hair care products you need, Go to a church that, you know, that, that, that they're delivering the message in the way that you're used to hearing it. The thing, the things that you take for granted, going to the grocery store and pick up the foods you want, you normally used to eat, yes. these kind of things. So I think the things that international kids got to be able to do is I think in that decision making process, you've got to find a place that is going to challenge you. But at the same time, it's not going to be so far out of left field that it's going to be hard for you to acclimate. Okay. And so I, I, I think if you come from a tropic, a tropical place, you know, uh, um, you know, you might want to be careful about if you're going to school in Alaska and I'm from Alaska, I'm just saying that's yeah. going to make that adjustment period really, really hard. I think the things that you can do that are tangible is one, I, I highly recommend that every uh, international kid gets to campus as early as they possibly can. Okay. If there's a summer session, get there. Get all those things out of the way early with before it counts against you. You know what I mean? Get mm -hmm. that out of your system. Get a feel for the town. Get a lay of the land. Definitely be there for orientation. 
okay? Get outside just the basketball thing. Get a feel for as many people to build your support network as you can get. And most schools now can bring you in in the summer. And so if you have a chance to be in in the summer, you need to be there for sure. Uh, that really helps. I think that helps the, the act, uh, you know, the, the acclimation process. Uh, I think the other thing is that uh, I think being honest and having a good relationship with the coaching staff to talk honestly about the things that you're concerned about. And if they're good, they're going to do things like what we're going to do is make sure we partner you with people that you're, you know, like your, your suite mate or your apartment person is somebody that's going to do a good job with you. You know, and 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 nurturing you and helping to bring you, you know, along and helping you to acclimate to to the culture. If you don't have experience with the, the particular culture you're going to be in, I think that's really important. I think coaches who just take a kid, like you know, it would be no difference. I took a kid from Mississippi and brought him to Washington, and act like that's normal. You're going to lose that kid eventually. Mm. You have to be proactive as a coach and making sure that you uh, are, are taking care of that kid. Uh, right away and anticipating problems and where they may be all the way from who he's rooming with who you have around him and talking smartly you say to one of your seniors hey look out for Milan Milan's from such and such place uh, and one of the things we do also is uh, we spend a lot of time as a team getting to know each other and I I, I do a thing called uh, tilt uh, things I learned, learned today uh, and we have guys on the team uh, teach us things. They do a 30, 40 minute presentation to the team and it's random. It's like, okay, this week it's going to be you. And you, and a lot of the international guys, what they end up doing is teaching us about where they come from because they love to talk about where they're from because they want to educate you. So we can get all these stupid questions that you have out of the way yeah. right now. Right? <laughs> like you probably get, do you guys really put gravy on your fries all the time? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, and so like I grew up in Alaska and if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me about an igloo. So giving people an opportunity to talk about where they're from and what's going on, what's the reality of their circumstance. I think that helps kids, man. I think, I think the staff you're with has got to recognize they have a responsibility to help you to assimilate. Okay. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm guessing it's often people ask you about igloos, huh? Igloos and dog sleds, man. <laughs> and in the dark there all the time. And man, it's like, oh man, how do you live there? It's 90 below. It's like all these things, you know. We, you know, <laughs> and, you know Americans, we are special, right? <laughs> because we know where we're at. And where we're at, like Cali, everything, Cali, everybody got one Texas. It. So you think that, that where you live is the greatest place on earth, that is God's country only. And we think anywhere else in the world, forget about it. I'm not sure most people in America know that Alaska is actually part of the 50 states. <laughs> coach, <laughs> so, coach, I'm here in New Mexico and I've got family in Atlanta and Florida currently. And, you know, I'm on phone calls and they're like, where are you again, Mexico? No, Mexico, yeah. Like, no, Mexico, like, no, New Mexico. Like, <laughs> oh, so, you know, is how, getting past the, what's it like over there? I heard this danger. Yeah. It's next to Texas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, New Mexico was crazy because my guy Milan, uh, who's from Slovakia, Milan Zabo, he was he spent all summer and the quarantine stuff period with his girlfriend in Albuquerque. Hey, okay. And so 
I, we'd be talking on the phone. I said, does it just drive you crazy? He goes, yeah, coach. I talk to people and they go, are you afraid because Trump's building the wall there? It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. I'm like, dude, it's one of your states. It's a state. Oh, geez. They're like, have you been to Tijuana? They're like, oh, man. Oh, boy. I love it. <laughs> hey, geography is not required. I, I can, t I definitely tell. <laughs> Um, what is typically covered in a full scholarship, um, like versus a you know D one school versus a D two school? What's a half scholarship? What's you know um, conference to conference? Does a full scholarship is a full scholarship different in conferences levels? Like, can you t tell us about that? Yeah, uh, Division one, NC two A Division one, uh, a scholarship. If I give you one dollar. I've got to give you every dollar it costs to go to school to pay for your room, board, books, tuition, and fees. That's what a scholarship is. Room, board, books, tuition, fees. And at the Division One level, I'm also allowed to give you the cost of, go of attendance, which could be a room, board, books, tuition, and fees could be $25,000 going to your education. But to another student who's not on an athletic scholarship, it actually, it's reported that it costs 30,000 because that covers transportation and some other things. So I could give you up to $5,000 more. Uh. Not every school though, it's based on resources. Not every school at the D1 level gives you the cost of attendance. I was at Grand Canyon. It was one of the most generous costs of attendance uh, stipends you could get. It was like $5,700 a year. And so if you if you qualify for financial aid now, you know, international students won't. But if you qualify for financial aid, you got your financial aid check, you got your scholarship check and you got that cost of attendance check. So you I told Coach good. Marley, I, instead of him paying me a salary, I want to be put on scholarship. Those dudes are making more money than the coaching staff. <laughs> so I might, I might try and get a highlight tape together this week. Yeah, I'm going to put my highlight reel together. Don't mind my brown socks and loafers. <laughs> but anyway, so at the D1 level, if they give you a dollar, they have to give you every dollar that it costs. Room, board, books, tuition, and fees. You can't split money up at the D1 level. There's no such thing as a partial scholarship there. Okay. It's all full. And on the men's side, you have a maximum of 13 per team. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the women's side, it's 15. Okay. okay, because of gender equity, that's a way that they make up because Title IX, you have to give, a school has to give scholarships to women commensurate with the student population of females at the school. So if it's 55% female, the scholarships you allocate have to be 55% to females, okay. Okay. which football makes that hard because you got 90 dudes running around there on scholarship. So that's why a lot of male sports get dropped at that level, like swimming and you know, uh, rugby and things like that, those sports, because they have to get those numbers down to push the women's numbers up so that it's commensurate with the percentage of students there. You see, that's how they, they allocate that. So they give more scholarships on the women's side, okay? At the Division Two level, it's a pool of money. So we can give 50 scholarships out, but when you add them together, they cannot equal more than 10 total. Okay. Okay. So they're called equivalencies. So I can break them up. I can give you $5 and him $10 and him $20,000.
When I add all of it together, it cannot equate to more than 10. Okay, okay. But I can break 10 up into as, as whatever I want to break it up into. Where D1, you can't do that. At the, D2, at the D1 level, to be D1, you have to fund your program at 13 scholarships. At the D2 level, you can fund your program at whatever level you want to. That's why you have a disparity because some schools fund that, like my league is considered a high level division two uh, men's basketball league. Most of the schools in this league are funded, fully funded scholarship wise, 10 fulls. Okay. Uh, we're, we're transitioning from division three to division two. Okay. And we're, we're, we, we are very generous considering, you know, that we're making that transition, but at the same time, because we are transitioning, we're not, uh, we are not fully, uh, fully funded. Uh, we're not fully funded like some of the schools in our league. So I don't have the full 10 to break up. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that's the difference in the scholarship. You get a D1 scholarship, you're going to have a full ride. You get a D2 scholarship, you could have a full ride. You oh, could have 50%. You could have 20%. There again, follow the money. How much money are they investing in you? That is great. Coach, I didn't understand. See, and this is why I love doing this stuff, man. Even if the people watching it don't get that much, I'm like a sponge here. Okay, that's that. Yeah, that is uh, amazing. Um, is a scholarship for the full length of your college career or is it just a one year? Uh, you know, if you get a scholarship, you have to keep getting approved year by year. And is it affected by injury as well? Scholarships at the NC2A, National Collegiate Athletic Association, uh, at Division One and Two, Division Three, they don't give scholarships for athletics. But the Division One and Division Two NC2A scholarships are one-year renewables. So each year there's an assessment made. The school can can you know they can say they have the intention of giving you a scholarship for four years, but when you sign the National Letter of Intent, it's a one-year deal. Now. They cannot get rid of you uh, unless you violated the terms of the agreement, like academic uh, failure and something. Injury cannot uh, preclude you. They can't take your scholarship based on injury. Oh. Okay, not uh, during not during that during that one year period. They can't do that. Uh, also, just in general, they can't take your scholarship money unless they also alert you that you have the uh, uh, right to appeal that to a non-athletic committee to hear your appeal. Now, most people, if a coach tells you they don't want you there, you don't want to stay somewhere where you're not wanted. Want yeah. But a kid needs to know their rights. Yeah. It's like, just because a coach says you're not going to be back, you can go, oh, quite contraire, Moucher, I'm going to be back because I'm going to see I'm going to see the committee. Oh, and that wow. committee that committee hears you it's a it's a it's a non-biased athletics committee and they hear it and the coach has to make a case for why and Ooh. you can't go in there talking about he's not good enough man coach I, I mean i'm gonna be very excited when i release this because uh i'm recording the two seasons side by side and you know the third season is gonna be the kids that for some reason lost their scholarship uh, whether injuries or they just didn't fit in. And I've already spoken to a couple of individuals that, you know, coach comes in and says, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not bringing you back next year. And I'm guarantee you they didn't know this information. 
and oh, yeah. this this is this is exactly what this program's for because yeah it's not i, I guess it, it makes a big difference if you've got nowhere to go and you're like hey well tough you know what i mean you got to right. deal with me i've got the scholarship so you know right well what you you just tell coach well coach i'm gonna appeal it you know now you know coaches get you know unfortunately this again this is why go with people who educate you as opposed to people who sell you because you can trust the person who has your that is trying to make to help you make a good decision as opposed to trying to force you to do something they want you to do because then you have a relationship and they're not going to bs you they're not going to just get rid of you for no reason okay mm -hmm. uh they're going to be honest with you they're going to say listen this might be a level above where you're at. I think you'd be happier playing down a level. I got a friend at such and such place. I've already talked to him uh, if you're interested. And then they can help you to get a scholarship somewhere else because ultimately they want you to be happy. If they truly care about you, and hopefully that's why you do your homework, you're with people who truly care about you. You know, but like get rid of a kid. Well, you got injured, you blew your knee out, so you're done. They can't ever get rid of you just based on that. Nice. It has to be based on you violating the terms of the contract, the national letter of intent, your signing agreement, or they sit down and say, I don't intend to bring you back. However, you have a right to appeal that. Mm. Smart, smart coaches and decent people will say to you, Dan, listen, man, I, uh, I don't think this is the best situation for you. Uh, I'm going to recruit three guys over you. You're not going to be very happy. You're probably not going to play very much. Okay, uh, but ultimately, it's your decision of whether you want to stay. I'm not going to take your scholarship, but I'm going to be very honest with you that mm -hmm. I believe that you're probably not going to be good enough to be an impact player at this level. And then you could then most players say, you know, coach, if you feel that way, you know, oh, work hard. Yeah, I know you, you've been working hard. That's not the problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is probably not the best situation in terms of your development as a player. Now, if playing playing a lot is important to you, this might not be the place for you. And then if you're a kid who goes, well, coach, playing a lot is not that important. And then a coach is probably going to look at you and go, and that's why I need you to move on. Because I need people <laughs> who are playing a lot that's important. Got him. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so we're going to move on to... Um, coach, I'm loving this interview, by the way. This is amazing. Um, I'm going to move on to the actual college experience. Um, what does a typical, you know, college day look like for um, your athletes? You know, D1, D2, what, what's the typical overview um, of a day? Well, I think in general terms, obviously you have a slate of classes, you know, based on, you know, how those classes are structured. Maybe Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, most people Friday. They don't put too many classes there, but you know, Monday, Wednesday, and then your Tuesday, Thursday class. So we know you have the classes and during COVID, most of our classes are online. Mm -hmm. So you don't have in class. You're going to have strength training. You're going to have skill work and you're going to have practice during a given day. You're probably going to have some type of study hall requirements uh, uh, or, and, and or tutoring. I can tell you specific and it depends. It all differs based on the program you're in. I'll give you a University of Texas Tyler Day. Okay, uh, 545, three days a week, 545 a.m. Our, our guys are strength training. Uh, they're warming up. They're in the weight room at 6 a.m. At 645, you walk back into the gym. Our weight room and gym are connected. You walk back in and we start practice. 
we're done, you know, about 8.30, between 8.30 and 9 in the morning. Uh, they come back, they have a skill session, and, you know, depending on their classes between two and four, they have their classes interspersed in between. Uh, they have study sessions uh, that if you don't have a 2.75 cumulative or you're, if you're a new student, even if you have a 3.75, uh, at least for a semester, you're gonna be, you're gonna have study session requirements. And you're gonna have eight hours of that per week. So you're gonna have two hours of that in the evening. So your day is gonna start, you know, get up in the morning, uh, at about probably, you know, five, between five and five thirty, you gotta be dress tape ready to go. We call that DTR and on that line, warming up, getting ready to go into the weight room at 5.45 AM. So you're getting up, at, you know, 5.15, 5.30, and then your day through school and practice and the such and study table is probably gonna carry you through a six, seven o'clock. And then uh, good luck from there. Hopefully uh, <laughs> you're gonna be getting some rest. <laughs> I love it. Um, does the team only train during uh, the preseason and the season? You know, is, is there more? Yeah, Typical? it's it's any more. Um, Division two, you cannot work with your athletes directly in the summer. That okay. in Division one, you can. Okay. There's, there's there's a limited amount of hours that you can, but that rule changed three to five years ago, where they can they have access to their kids as long as they're registered in summer school. Uh, so it's at the D1 level, it's it's 12 months out of the year. Some coaches are smart; they'll give you a month here or there, but it's 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 year round. Okay. Uh, and you're mandated; you can't have more than off season. You can't have more than eight hours of, of mandated work okay. off season. Okay. Uh, in the summer, it might be four hours. And then in the preseason, it's eight, and during the year, it's 20. And that includes strength training, practice, games, everything. And that's pretty much the same for Division Two, except that we don't get the four hours of summer work. Of, of, so yeah. preseason, we are everything. Uh, you know, you start off, you got eight hours, and that's strength training, conditioning, anything you require a player to do outside of academics. Hmm. Okay. Um, what's uh, the, the brief... Give us a brief, brief overview of the different statuses of, of uh, play. So like the red shirt, gray shirt, um, medical red shirt, like what are those? Okay, let's start out with the gray shirt. A gray shirt means that you are not taking a full, uh, to be a full-time student in most places, you're 12 units or more, 12 credits or mm -hmm. more, right? Most classes are set up in three, most are three credits. Every class is three credits. Yeah. So you have four classes a semester. That's the minimum that you take. We require 15 because that tracks you, your numbers to graduation. Because you're averaging 30 a year over four years. It usually takes you 120 to 130 hours to get your bachelor's degree. Okay. So uh, uh, if you're a gray shirt, you are going to school, but you're not a full-time student. And because you're not a full-time student, you're not triggering any eligibility of any kind. Oh, okay. If you're a red shirt, you're a full-time student. And you, and by the way, if you're a gray shirt, you if you're not a full-time student, you cannot practice with the team. Okay. Or play with the team. But it gives you a chance to go to college, get acclimated. I'll give you an example. I coach for four, I coach 
uh, let's see, 11 years in the state of Utah, right? Uh, uh, no, I take nine years, six years at Southern Utah University, three years at Utah State University. I was also in Alamosa, Colorado. I bring that up because they're, they're, they're the, the LDS, uh, Latter-day Saints, the Mormon faith, where oh, okay. uh, uh, those guys go on church missions. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they, they, what they, they do is you go to church mission after your 18th birthday. So you graduate high school and you haven't turned 18. So you're not going on your mission until the school year starts. Maybe you go to school as a grace church. You start your academic work, but you're not full time. Mm -hmm. Then you go on a mission for two years. Then you come back and you red shirt to get those two years off of you and get in shape. That means your senior year in high school, technically you're really a freshman because you're four years removed from when you first start playing. You're like 22 years old and you're a freshman. Oh, geez. I always laugh when they show BYU on TV and they go, these guys are so smart. I'm like, yeah, they got three kids and a wife. And, <laughs> and a mortgage. I mean, and yeah, you're a lot older. <laughs> and that's the benefit. You go on, And you can do the same thing for the military if you go in the military. Mm. You're, that's the only time your clock stops is when you are the church mission work or military service. Otherwise, at the D1 level, you have five years to get four years played. Okay. At the D2 level, you have 10 semesters, full-time semesters for your clock to run out. It could stop and start all over the place as long as you don't have delayed enrollment. And delayed enrollment means that, uh, uh, and this was to like some of the secondary sports like soccer, kids were coming from overseas and they were like 29 as freshmen because they played pro sports. So now what they're saying is you have one year free after high school. And if you don't start college after that one year, they start your clock automatically. Mm -hmm. So every year that you're sitting out is counting against you. Okay. okay? So a gray shirt, you're not full-time. A red shirt, you are full-time. You are practicing with the team. You're doing everything except playing in games. So you save your eligibility. Gray shirt, you trigger no eligibility. Red shirt, you trigger the five years to play four. So the five is off. Now you got four. Okay. At the at the at the D two level, the ten semester thing. You are going to school, so two semesters are gone from your clock. Okay. Mm, okay. Now medical red shirt is something that you can only get after you've exhausted your eligibility and that's based on an injury that affected your clock and that's where you submit that I had a catastrophic injury and you should consider that and have a hardship for me based on my injury a lot of people assume they get a medical red shirt you can't get a medical red shirt until it's granted to you based on you submitting through your compliance department a catastrophic injury waiver uh, to be considered by a group at the NC2A and they reinstate something on your clock based on the injury. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, that sounds, that sort of makes it nice and, nice and uh, concise. Um, how important is academics um, or good grades for a student athlete? And is there more importance for an international player to have good grades or to have better grades? Well, academics is, and it's not just talk, man. It is, it's, it's vitally important. Uh, it, it's it, one, it should be important because if you're not in college to get a degree uh, and to advance yourself as a person academically, uh, then you probably shouldn't be there. Now, there are some people that go to college as a means to an end. Maybe they are elite of the elite athletically. That's a very infinitesimal amount of people that they're going to go pro pretty quick. 
mm-hmm. and they got to go to college for the, for that purpose. They're 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 in such a small group, but getting good grades is essential because if for no other reason, if you want to play, you got to be eligible, and there are there are standards of 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 achievement that you have to maintain and achieve in order to be eligible the next year. So that's the fastest way for me to pull your scholarship. You didn't meet the academic standards, you're gone. Yep. That's it, you're out of there. Now, is it more important for an international kid? Yeah, probably because, you know, I know for me as a coach, it's harder for me to invest in someone. It costs more money to have an international kid on your roster. We have insurance costs that are like here at, at, at Tyler, I've got two international kids. It's costing me $6,000 above everybody else, above their scholarships, just for their international insurance. Jeez. Yeah. So you have that. Uh, 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 some places, your scholarship can count a scholarship and a half, depending on how it's set up for international students. For us here at UT Tyler, an international student's no different than an out-of-state Texas kid. But a lot of schools, the international kid costs more money to your scholarship. That being said, if I'm investing that much money, you are obviously really, really important to me. If you are not serious about academics and being el- and being eligible, why would I invest that amount of money in somebody when I could go get a local kid, probably cut my cost by about 33% and have a better student? So yeah, it's, it's critically important. Man, that is crazy and then you know still touching on the grades can you play or I know the answer but can you play or practice and not be academically eligible um you can't play you can practice okay you can practice uh uh depending on where you're at academically you know but if you're not eligible you can practice but you cannot play unless you meet those those standards for the NCAA. Uh, and now if you're coming out of high school and you're not eligible, you have to go junior college or prep school to go D1. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not D2. You just have to meet their their uh, their university entrance requirements. Okay. Um, last couple questions, Coach, and I really appreciate your time. And as I said, I am... Oh, no, I enjoy it, man. Um, what's the basic life fundamental skills... Um, a student should have before coming into college? Uh, I think it's a great question. I think it's, I think you, you know, it's not much different than going to work, right? Getting a job. Uh, mm. You should have a basic fundamental understanding of human decency and good human behavior. Uh, you know, it always helps if you look people in the eye, if you're a good listener, if you're not an excuse maker. If you can say a couple of really simple words, please and thank you. Uh, those are really, really important things I look for, mm-hmm. that you are respectful to people, particularly people in authority and your elders, your parents, watch that type of behavior. Uh, bottom line is you're coming into an organization. And what a kid has to understand is college athletics in America is a business, okay? It's millions and millions of dollars involved yep. in this. These decisions are that people are investing in your future. If I'm going to invest in you, you need to have the human skills of being a good person that I can depend on. Uh, Somebody that I know you're going to be where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there, doing what you're supposed to be doing on time, every time, no excuses. And if I can't trust you to do that, I'm less likely to invest in you. Okay. And in your future. 
So I think, you know, having basic human decency skills is really important. You have to grow up really fast because you're not at home anymore, right? And again, hopefully you've chosen a place where the coaching staff is invested in you and they're going to help you to do that. And you're around people that are going to help you to do it. But being mature, uh, discipline, a lot of coaches I've heard define it as doing what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, as well as you can do it on time every time. That's discipline. That's what we're trying to get you to, right? Be where you're supposed to be in class. Be dependable. Get up when you're supposed to get up. Have a good work ethic. Want to get better. No matter where you're at, no matter whether you're down here or up here as a player, student, or person, want to improve. We call it a PSA, a person, a student, and an athlete. Want to be the best person, student, and athlete you could possibly be. Having that desire, not only the want, but the will to work to do it. Those are the things that are really, really important. Uh, anymore, it's really difficult to be a, uh, a pain in the foot and, and stick around man mm. so if you're if you're not a good person you're you're not gonna last and the way it works is you better be better than your problems <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like dude i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to look at you and go yeah you missed class again yeah yeah but he's okay we're gonna work with you we're gonna work with you <laughs> you, but, you know what i'm saying night, you better so. be better than your problems you that guy averaging one rebound a game and you're on the scout team you better have a 3.5 <laughs> <laughs> okay you better you better be to class early you better be to the gym early not that the guys that that score more and rebound more don't have to do you know the basic things but the truth is you got in life you got to be better than your problems or you're going to get fired so it's me too they're going to make an assessment are you worth it mm. be worth it value. be worth it be worth it be worth the investment that university is making in your future I love it. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, here's a fun one for you. Um, what type of relationships do coaches have with parents? So can a parent call you whenever they feel they need to? Or, you know, um, little Jimmy, um, I haven't, mom hasn't heard from little Jimmy and she's worried because he said he's, you know, he texted her last week and he, he said he was tired or whatever, or he hasn't had enough playing time. So, you know, can mom phone you and, have a discussion about it. Like, what's the relationship there? And, and, you know, I've been around a long time. I've worked for some coaches that there's no relationship with parents. Like, no. <laughs> it's like, it's like your job. Your mom and dad can't call your employer talking about you got to do a better job with them and whatever. I'm different. I am very different because okay. I'm a mama's boy. Okay. Uh, you know, my mother, I'm one of 10 children to my mom. And I'm, I'm I, you know, my mother means everything to me. And I always look at kids and their moms particularly, and I see my mom. My mom wouldn't call my coach, but I know my mom wants the best for me. So here's what I tell parents. You can call me 24 seven, 24 seven. And as long as the conversation's about your kid and nobody else's kid, I will talk to you until the cows come home. The minute you start discussing somebody else, well, why ain't he playing over something? Nah, yeah, see, we don't do that. Okay. And I'm only, and, and here's what I'm going to talk to you about, about basketball. I get paid really good money to coach and you get paid really good money to do something else. I'm not going to talk to you about what you do and how you do it. <laughs> and I would like that same respect. Same courtesy. If you ask me a question, be prepared for an answer because I'm going to give you the truth. 
Why is it? Why is it, little Bobby playing? Well, little Bobby can't hit the broadside of a barn when he shoots it. He can't defend a parked car. He's a sweet spirit, though. Uh, and and only time he dribbles is when he has too much food in his mouth. I said so. You know, other than that, he's doing great. And I, I played the. You know what I'm saying? So don't ask me the question unless you know. Unless you know you want the true answer. But yes, feel free to call me at any time because. That we, the one thing we have in common is the love for your child. And I know for a fact that you want the best for your child. And I'm, I'm, I'm the person you're entrusting to take care of your child. And I, I tell every parent, you, you absolutely have carte blanche to call me anytime you want. And I will reach out to parents uh, at least uh, once a semester directly to each parent and, and say, you know, hey, this is where we're at. This is what's going on. How are things? You know, that kind of thing. So it's really funny. Parents love me until we start the season and you play. And then parents don't talk to you, you know, depending on, you know, how their baby being treated. So that's funny. That is funny. Um, what advice would you give to parents that are concerned, uh, you know, yeah, that are concerned for their kid that's like thousands of miles away? You know, what have you got any? Uh, yeah, you got anything? So yeah, you know, and I'm a spiritual person, so I would say number one, let go and let God find the person that you trust uh, to stand in your stead, uh, that you trust to love your child, and no one's going to love them the way you love them, but that's going to love your child and develop them as a person, a student, and an athlete, and maybe not treat them uh, the same as somebody else, but treat them fairly, right? Find that person. And then let go and let God trust the process, uh, and you know try to try to communicate. You know, leave the basketball. Make that even though that's important to your kid, make that secondary to the to to how they're doing as a person. You know, give them the outlet. They already got a lot of pressure on them. You know, because of you know coaches and expectations. Be there for them and help them as a person, and let them tell you what they need. Uh, try not to play a, uh, uh, you know, like, you know, like you're a coach. Uh, try to keep it to where you're just talking to them. And if they want to talk about basketball, then, you know, do that. But you, you, you trusted the coach. You're involved in the process. You got to trust the process. The pro and if that coach is honest, they're going to tell you every day is not going to be great. You know, I tell parents all the time, he's going to call you a few times during the year and tell you, Coach Wilson, that man that we all love, he ain't that guy. He, he, he yelled at me. Yeah, I'm going to get on it. I'm going to be tough on it. But here's the thing. The passion that I have for your son is my passion. That My passion is driven by my desire for his greatness. That I'm going to coach your son the way that I'm going to treat him and coach him the way I would treat my own son. If he's hungry, I'm going to feed him. If he, if he needs me at any hour of the night, I guarantee you I got his back. And he doesn't just have me for now, no matter how this ends up, he's got me for as long as God blesses me with air in my body, okay? So you're gonna know that he, he's with somebody that's gonna love and care for him. And it's not gonna be easy on him because life's not gonna be easy on him. And there are gonna be days he doesn't like me very much. Maybe there's gonna be months where he doesn't like me, but know that he doesn't like me, but I love him. And you got to trust that. And if you trust that, 
then things could work well. The boy you send me can be a man that you could be proud of. Coach, um, I'm I'm hoping I get a, a letter a letter of uh, intent so I can sign, man. I'm I'm ready to sign up after that, man. I'm ready Yo, to man, go. Yeah, man. Well, you know, you you look like you swole. I need a power forward. You look like a double <laughs> screen right now. There you go. I, I bought somebody out. I, you know what I mean? I got you, man. Let send me the paperwork. <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, so, uh, second to last question, and this one's a. Uh, um, it's a sticky one, I call it. Um, especially dealing with a lot of kids, you know, international and domestic. Um, and we know at 18, 19, and so forth, there's a lot of distractions around these kids. Um, and we're talking about drugs, alcohol, um, and and, and um, relations, you know, uh, mixing up with the opposite sex and stuff. So um, can you, let us know what these kids should be aware of, what the perils are and um, the best way of dealing with it. Yeah, great question. Um, it's life, right? It's life. That's what you're going to go through. And whether you go to college or not, the trappings of life are wherever you're at. And what you have to decide is what's important to you. If Drugs, alcohol, party, and as 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 Biggie, you know, Biggie said, party, and you know, if that if that's if that if that's where you're at, if that's your mentality, you don't need to come all the way across the globe for that. Every country on earth has all of that in abundance. If you're gonna come all the way across the globe, it's to do something special with your life. And there are gonna be those distractions. They're gonna be there. And if you want to have a good time in a good, clean way, you should. There's nothing wrong with fraternization. There's nothing wrong with going to a party as long as you understand what you have on the table, okay? What do I have to lose? What am I in this for? I'm not drinking in excess or drinking underage uh, and risking this opportunity that I have. I'm not putting any drugs in my body and breaking any laws of the land as a foreign student who could be deported like overnight. I'm not taking that risk. As far as relations, I'm not gonna do anything disrespectful. If I'm a young man, I treat her like a queen even if she's not acting like a queen, okay? I don't take anything that's not given to me. I show ultimate respect. If I'm a young lady, stay focused and know what people are about. Stay focused on your deal. There are trappings everywhere. Cambodia, if I'm in Cambodia, the same things that are here are there. You have to decide what's important to you. And if academics, if the PSA thing, being a good person, being a really good student who graduates and being a, a superior athlete on a good team are important to you, then we'll know that not by what you say, but by what you do and how you prioritize your life. And if based on that schedule I gave you a little while ago, if you got time for all of that, we need to increase some of those hours and we will. <laughs> I'm like, so and we will. And I think I only have two team rules, be on time and do what's right. And when you can't define what what's right is, then I'm in your life a little more than you want, because that means I have to help define that for you. Everybody knows what on time is because there's a clock and everybody needs to be on time. And doing what's right is serving the purpose of we. And our program, we, is winning every way. Winning as a person, winning as a student, winning as an athlete. 
doing winning things. If you are serving the purpose of me, you're in the wrong program. If you're serving the purpose of we, then you're doing the right thing. So I just ask my guys this, before you do anything, I just want to ask you, are you serving the purpose of we or the purpose of me? Real simple, if it's the purpose of we, you're going to do the right thing. If it's the purpose of me, you might make a mistake. And then I'm going to be more involved in your life. You don't want me in your life, then don't don't uh, do things, the, the wrong thing. Do the right things and be on time. Hey, I feel, hey, Coach, man, I'm waiting for, I'll give you my fax number. You can fax that paperwork. Dude, you still mess with fax machines. <laughs> a dude loving Busta Rhymes, you probably are still love fax machines. <laughs> Bust around the fax machines go together. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, coach, before I let you go, um, looking completely up to you, um, but can you, is there anything that you'd like to tell us about um, your school and your program uh, for anyone that, you know, is interested and, and, and wants to play D2 or, you know, has listened to you and, and, and interested in, in your program? Yeah, first off, I thank you for this. Uh, the first thing I would say is not so much about our program is if you have a dream, I don't care where you're from, who you are, uh, don't let anybody tell you you can't do something. If you have a dream, you pursue that with every fiber of your being. Don't let anything stop you. Don't use any excuse because you can either have success or you can have excuses, but you can't have both. So get to work on it. Go for it. In terms of the University of Texas, Tyler, it's a tremendous academic university associated with the University of Texas, a sister school in Austin. We're in Tyler, Texas, which is about an hour and a half east of Dallas. It's a town of about 120,000 people. It's a great place. Texas is, in, they, 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 the people of Texas consider it God's country, you know, in America, mm -hmm. right? There's, there's, there are 49 states and then there's Texas. Texas is a phenomenal place to be uh, in this country. It's one of the great places in America. We play in the Lone Star Conference, which is one of the premier men's basketball leagues in the United States. We compete at the Division II level, but you have to be of a Division I uh, uh, ability to play well in this league because it is a, I know, I coached the Division I level for 23 years. This league is a Division I league. It's a Division I caliber basketball league. And the reason why I think we're a great place to go to school is because we've got great academics in a great place in a great state. And you're going to be loved and cared for. You're going to be challenged more than you've ever been challenged. But you're going to be with family. You're going to be with people who are going to hold you accountable and who are going to have high expectations for you and going to develop a plan for you. It's a great place to go to school. If you want to go to University of Texas at Tyler, I would love to hear from you. Uh, we're on the rise uh, in the Lone Star Conference. We're all about winning, winning every way, winning as a person, winning as a student, winning as an athlete. And I'd love to be in your life if you have the character and the talent uh, to do good things on a basketball court. Coach, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, looking forward to, to meeting up with you when this COVID thing dies down and hanging out, hopefully grabbing some food and, and, and kicking back. And, and uh, yo, man, and talking hip hop, trying to help you out, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> trying to help you Wait, out have you heard the Buster album yet yes or no no have you have you you hey, Buster I lost sent it like to you I sent hey, it to you personally hey Buster lost like 100 pounds it's <laughs> so like the, the flow's better now right yo yo I don't know it's like Solomon when he lost his hair it's like I don't know if that maybe that, maybe that weight 
he might not be able to. What's what's that? What's that verse? I love that verse. Uh, uh, um, uh, look at me now. Uh, look at me now. That is one of the great hip hop verses of go. all time. No question. By one of the. I'm not the, sure he was really saying anything other than. <laughs> so I don't know if he actually was saying it, spitting any lyrics. But I tell you what, behind that beat, look at me now. Yo, that was fire right there. Okay. So him and CB, they did that thing. Okay. So, you know, I give you that. But Buster being one of the top five MCs of all time, as you believe. Definitely. Yeah, man. I don't know about that. A hundred percent, man. I, hey, I, I, Buster Rhymes versus anybody, it'll be a long day for the other. Listen, man, you need for to Buster be cheering versus. for the Beatles and Seal. <sighs> Maybe even Adele. I'm like, what are you on Buster? What are you on Buster for? <laughs> oh, I hope it's warm in your igloo. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go get my I gotta get my dog sled going. <laughs> Coach, um, fantastic to have you on again. And um, no doubt we will catch up soon. My name is Lewis Wilson. I'm the head men's basketball coach at the University of Texas at Tyler in Tyler, Texas, at the Lone Star Conference. And we have been vibing on Eurostepping. Appreciate you watching the Eurostepping. I want to thank everybody for watching Eurostepping. Watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping, a great podcast show hosted by Coach D.